life is tough right now. And the fact that you and your partner are trying to navigate a world that is completely upside down together, throw kids inside that. It's tough, guys. It's tough. You're listening to the Laughing Couple Podcast with your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. Join them weekly as they discuss topics such as relationships, kids, sex, parenting, all unfiltered, and all with a healthy dose of laughter. Please welcome your hosts, Brittany and Ryan Ostafi. I want to start out with some New Year's resolutions. And we've also been home, so if you have any, I love your, your and you're annoying. But let's start out with, um, do you have any resolutions? Because we haven't actually talked about that. Maybe not resolutions, maybe things that you want to do this year. Any goals? This is something I wish we would have planned for. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm totally unprepared for I this know, conversation. So, but I kind of wanted it that way. Like, what's one of the first things that pop in your brain that you want to accomplish this year? Well, I feel like for the last three years, post-COVID, COVID and post-COVID, we've been hyper-focused on uh, business. We've been hyper-focused on opportunities. And and to be quite frank, a lot of that has to do with financial situations, right? We've, we've worked really hard to increase um, our financial situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, I feel like we've done a really good job in the last three years of doing that. This year, to continue down that pattern, we're going to do what we need to do. But... This year, more so than any other year, I'm going to focus more on my physical um, and mental health. Mm. How so? What are you going to do? Well, as you know, um, I'm going to be getting into like this little biohacking uh, kind of world. What? What do you mean biohacking? Well, as you know, I'm turning 40 this year, which is a big year for me. I love how you're dropping this huge bomb. I'm like, give me like a general resolution. And you're like, um, well, I'm into biohacking. <laughs> In 2024. It's my year. It's my year to hack the bio. Okay. You mean like, what is biohacking? Like of your body? Like biological hacking? Well, this is the year for me to start to discover. Because like, this is going to sound super weird, perhaps. but It already does. I'm turning 40 this year. I know. Which means I have to start thinking about being 80. Okay. (laughs) That's a jump. No, it is. Because uh, all the years that have led to this, I've had to worry about my current state. Okay. The decisions I'm going to make now are going to affect me down the road. Yeah. If I don't do things differently um, or if I don't start looking at how do I prolong life? How do I prolong muscle? How do I prolong testosterone? How do I prolong uh, health? Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't take care of it now, it, I'll just put it to you this way. Life isn't going to get physically easier for me mm-hmm. moving forward. Okay. So if I don't do the right things now at 40. Right. It's going to affect me big time at 80. So what you're saying is this is the year of Benjamin Button. This is the year where I reverse aging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Biohacking. I, I'm going to start it's the looking year of BB. It. Yeah. And like full, full disclosure, I've been doing a lot of research uh, as of late. And I'm not like people are like, oh, maybe maybe Ryan's hitting his midlife crisis. Maybe I am. It doesn't feel like a crisis. It so feels what like if I'm I in control. Yeah. <laughs> it feels did. like I'm in control. A midlife crisis to me is is decisions that are Chaos. made that are, are out of control. For sure. Whereas I look at this year, this year and I say, okay, like I've been going to the gym. I've been taking supplements. You know, we just picked up that steam sauna. That's so good. Which is phenomenal. Are you going to ice bath? Because it came with an ice I'm bath. I'm going to ice bath. Are you really? I'm going to ice bath. I'm going to steam sauna. I'm just going to start doing things that that 
you know, very intelligent people are telling us to do. Mm, where are you going to put the ice bath? In the garage. Mm. Or in the backyard. Who knows? It's a good spot for it is in the backyard because it's do they cold. Say do, the, do they say do like steam shower or hot tub? Sorry, steam room, hot tub, and then ice bath? Or do they say like cold first and then hot? Well, there's a lot of different theories out there. But the reality of it is if you're doing any of them, you're going to win. Okay. So, so yeah, your health. Okay. My, my health. I'm going to take care of my health. We've got a lot of things this year. I was just talking to someone this morning about it. We have, I have, and I don't know about you, but I have every single weekend until the end of April already accounted for. Wow. Every single weekend. There's not a single weekend that doesn't have something planned mm-hmm. until the end of April. That's crazy. Yeah. I, well, I know I'm part of that schedule. Yeah, I know. But like, think about the amount of travel that we have, that we have to do in the first, in the Ugh. first two, uh, first year, uh, first quarter of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Nice. Vegas, Florida, Vancouver. I'm looking at going to Shanghai. What? Shanghai noon. Yeah. It's uh well, there's an event that's coming up and it's the uh, Vancouver, Vancouver. Yeah. I love how you're, I'm just hearing about this now. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. Travel's going to be um, high this year. Work travel's going to be high this year. I would like to do, I would like to really spend some quality time with you this year. I know. Why are you laughing? Because I just don't know when you're going to have time to do any of this. Uh, this is my whole thing. We yeah. have to unfold that. Biohacking. Biohacking. Making more time. But the reality of it is, is if I don't take care of my health, all of this travel is not going to be easy on my body. No, it's not. And everyone's sick right now. Everyone's sick right now. And we'll talk about that. God. We'll talk about that. Well, what, what's your what's your big goal this year? What's your big resolution? I don't think those are resolutions. I'm not a big resolution guy. No, that's why I didn't word it like that. Yeah. Like well, I, you did. You asked about my New Year's resolution No, and then was. I said not necessarily a resolution, but something oh. that you're wanting to do. Or like, do you have a photo of what your resolution is? No. Oh, I think that I had, this is something that I wanted to to talk to you about because it kind of relates. Okay. Um, I don't think I have any resolutions, but I do, I am going to try to remove some negative thoughts regarding some situations happened in 2023 and, and try not to bring them in 2024. Like it's really heavy holding on to things that you can't change Um, so part of me is trying to leave that over here and be comfortable with it. Um, and then kind of like you, not as intense as biohacking. Um, but I honestly, I want to get, you're going to laugh, but I want to get into yoga. I feel like I'm so sore all the time and I just want like more mobility. So I'm going to try to do a couple yoga classes just here, like in the morning. Um, I'm not 40 yet, so I don't have to like go crazy on the athletic stuff, but I do, I'd like to be a little bit more active. I would say, but yeah, def- mine's more of a mental game. I think so, the hardest thing for you is, and I don't mean this rudely, um, is consistency. Really setting this up powerfully. Is consistency, mm. right? That's the one thing that I would say, because you, you will go on like these little like um, uh, health kicks that will last a very short period of time. And then the kids get in the way. One kid gets sick. You get sick. You didn't get a lot of sleep. There's just a million reasons why we stop routines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that especially with health, with, with respect to yourself, physical health, resistance training or walking or running, or, or, you know, in your, in this case, yoga, I find that things pull you away from that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm going to work really hard this year on supporting you, uh, in doing those things. Mm, That's great. So that might look like we have to alternate morning workouts. You want to wake up at five o'clock in the morning? No, I'm, I didn't say five oh, o'clock. Yeah. I said you might have to work out later in the day if I work out 
at five o'clock in the morning. Not at five o'clock. I don't yeah. work out at five o'clock. So then what do we have to worry about? Because if you're going to the gym at five fifteen and then you don't come back till whatever, like whatever time. That's, Seven. Yeah. Then I will work out and you're going to have to watch the kids and yeah. get them ready. I, I'm just, what I'm saying is I'm going to support, Thank I'm going to support this journey a little bit more effectively than I have in, in, in years past. Okay. So I read this quote and I really, really liked it. Okay. Ready? Manipulation is when they focus on how you reacted instead of how they treated you. That really like stuck with me because I was like, it's like a form of gaslighting essentially, but it really is a powerful thing to think about because we've talked about this before, but sometimes like I get flustered in a conversation, even if it's with you and I need a moment to like collect my words so that I can come back clear headed and articulate what I'm actually trying to say and think. But I really liked this one because that can relate to so many things, separate instances in the past where I'm like, you know what? That is so true. Like, I'm not going to be shamed or quieted because of like how I'm reacting to what you did. And then I'll why, turn why to, me? No, I'm not saying you about <laughs> you like in general. No, not you. I just well, mean you like did. in you general. Pointed at me. I didn't mean you. Yeah, Jump on YouTube to see the point of the century. And then listen to this one. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you don't always have to tell your side of the story. I'm Will. So here's the thing about not <laughs> like telling. Here's the thing about not telling this, your side of the story, because as you know, I am somebody who typically does not share my side of the story. Mm-hmm. I'm and it someone. Me. I'm someone who typically recognizes, hey, listen, that's their perspective. Yeah. They're entitled to their perspective. That's not my perspective, but I don't need to validate my perspective. So I'm just going to stay quiet. Mm-hmm. As someone who does that, I will say, um, it doesn't always serve you to not say something. And I've told you that multiple yeah. times. Like, there's there's enough time where you're like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, it's time. It's time for me to share. And I think that's more just like you don't always have to do it right away. Like you can let some time pass again, maybe gather your thoughts, maybe have the universe and the world kind of step in and show what the situation has to show. Maybe that looks like showing a person's true colors to other people who knows. But I do think there's something to be said about sharing your truth. You know, I, I've had a lot of examples in my life, not just with me personally, but just outside of my outside of my person, like Mm. outside of me, um, where you think, you know, karma's going to get that person. Yeah. And they don't. (laughs) You're like, and karma just doesn't fuck karma. Like you're a little like, just doesn't get them. And you're like, and you think to yourself that, you know, of at least. Yeah, true. But like what we're talking years and years and years of karma, just not coming around. And you think to yourself, well, do I really want to, do I want that person to be punished? No. What I want is that person trashed my name Mm -hmm. that person said some really terrible things about me or about someone that i know that is wildly not true yeah but that's what i feel like when you say like you know i don't always need to tell my truth because for me you know the whole saying like silence is meaning that you're guilty right and i'm like that like drives me insane because if somebody somebody and both sides are true Like some people are in the belief of like, if it's not true, then I don't need to defend myself because it's simply not true. Where I'm like, if it's not true, I will violently defend myself because that makes me so angry when somebody says something about me or says that I've done something that just simply is not true. I will like go to bat for that. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, you're defending your integrity. You're in, you're defending you're defending you. This, this podcast right? is so ominous as well. Like we're talking about all these like situations, but we'll never be able to share them. <laughs> well, no, it's just like no, and we're not. Like I, I'm not that type of person that's going to use this platform mm-hmm. to to expose um, people. That's I know. Not, that's not my shtick. It's not. It's not my thing. Well, it's not our thing. It's not I'm our not thing. Into that either. Yeah. Only our true friends know what we're talking. But about. But I will say, like, I've always looked at this and said, like, if somebody knows me, mm-hmm. like, at my core knows me, and they hear something about me, they'll know I didn't do it. Right. They'll know I didn't do it. Your people know you. And anybody who doesn't know me that hears a story about me and assumes it's true, they don't know me. Mm-hmm. And. There's a reason that they don't know me. I haven't given them that space for them to know who I am. And so do I have to defend myself and tell that person who doesn't know me, I'm not that person. I promise you I'm not not that that person. Or do I just focus my effort on the people who actually know me? Yeah. Because there's been many situations in my life. I will say there was was a situation and I was so happy about it. And I'll, I'll I'll share it on this. Um, one of our neighbor, one of our friends, one of our neighbors, Adam, didn't know me very well yeah. and heard something about me. Mm-hmm. And rather than um, hearing it, assuming it was me and living his life as if I was that person, he called me out on it. Like painting you in this light and just like saying that's who he is. Yeah. He yeah. said he, he heard this story yeah. about this is how yeah. I, this, I said something, blah, 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 blah. This was a couple of years ago. This was a couple of years ago. And he called me out on it in mm-hmm. a car and he said, Hey, listen, like I heard that you did this and I cannot tell you how grateful I was that he called me out on it because, it, you- because he gave me the opportunity yeah. to defend myself. And he gave me the space. Yeah. He gave me the space. He gave me the opportunity to be like, I never said that. Yeah. But more, so many people don't, they just mm-hmm. make the assumption that that is who you are. And he could have lived the last two years thinking that I was a total asshole yeah. and just assumed I was an asshole, but he gave me the space to defend myself. Mm-hmm. Had I, had he thought that and not given me the space, I would have let him sit in it. Mm-hmm. Like you want to, you think that that's who I am, then go ahead and think that's who I am. Mm-hmm. But I, he, it truly was a gift. And so I will say this, if you hear something about someone and you think, you know, that doesn't sound like them, give that person the opportunity to, to talk about it because if they're like me, they're not going to bring it up. I also think it says something about the friendship. Like if you truly care about somebody and you heard something that maybe like to me that, that, that for me says that he was like, you know what? Something's not sitting right here. Like, I don't know him very well. Like talking about you, but like, I just, it, there's a question there. So that says something about your friendship or potential friendship. So if you care about somebody and you hear something negative about them and you want to kind of figure out if it's true or not, like, please like be in a place of discovery and go ask. Yeah. Cause it can, it can solve things. Anyways, we are getting, I, I could, totally I could use a little more Brittany in me than, uh, <laughs> actually I'd be the more Ryan and Brittany, but anyways. I could use a little more Brittany in me. Like I could defend myself a little bit more. Have you ever had an embarrassing BO moment? I sure have. Like the time I thought the teenage boy beside me at the grocery store stunk only to get in my car and realize it was me. <laughs> embarrassing. But we've got the solution. Lumi whole body deodorant. Say goodbye to BO worries forever. Unlike some other deodorants, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid, a game changer for 72 hour odor control everywhere. It was inspired by patients' concerns about private part odor. Six years on and with over 300,000 five-star reviews, Lumi keeps us confident from head to toe. 
Plus, it's seriously safe anywhere on your body. Pits, thigh folds, belly buttons. Don't forget under boobs and vulvas. Yes, this is true. Plus butt cracks and feet. Created by an OBGYN, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor for up to 72 hours. Baking soda free, paraben free, and with fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. And for new customers, the Lumi Starter Pack has you covered with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, and free shipping. Don't miss out. As our special offer, you get $5 off Lumi Starter Packs with code TLC at lumideodorant.com. That's right, over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code TLC. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Control your body odor anywhere with Lumi. I love starting my day off with a breakfast that makes me feel good. This also involves waking up before my kids to have those quiet moments of peace before the chaos. Absolutely. And Magic Spoon is perfect for that. No artificial ingredients, natural flavors, and zero artificial coloring. Plus, it's great for various lifestyles, whether you're gluten-free, soy-free, or just want to add some more protein. And the variety pack is amazing with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So nostalgic. My favorite has to be frosted. It's like a guilt-free treat with zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of net carbs per serving. Wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes. It's a game changer. So if you're looking for a tasty breakfast, quick snack, or an easy meal, Magic Spoon's got you covered. Head to magicspoon.com TLC and don't forget to use the code TLC at checkout to save $5 off your order. And here's the best part. If you don't love it, Magic Spoon has a 100% happiness guarantee. They'll refund you your money, no questions asked. Try a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com TLC. Use code TLC to save $5. A big thanks to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. There are rumors that are out there. There are things that are out there. There is a narrative out there that I'm a bad guy. What? There is. There's multiple narratives. You know how many people out there? What are you talking about? There just, there is. Do you know how many people that are out there that don't particularly care for me have a narrative about me? And they share that like narrative. Like strangers? Or like strangers, people we, know. people we know. Like think about every relationship that we've had in the last two years that we don't have anymore. Okay. I can say the same thing. But think about every relationship that we had in the last two years that is no longer a relationship that we have. Yeah. There is a narrative out there that's not positive for me. Yeah, but it's probably just because you're my spouse. (laughs) Because I am the... I am the person. No, 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 no. Jake knows what I'm talking about. There's a narrative. There's there are narratives out there that exist in the world. Maybe that Ryan Ostfi is not a good guy. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell you that those those narratives are not correct. Yes. So you mean you want a little bit more of somebody who will stand up and be like, fuck that. That's what you're saying about me. See That's the nice. thing, yeah. I, 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 there's a part of me that that, like that that thinks that I could I could lean in a little bit and be like, "The fuck, I did that." No, I didn't. You know what? I really appreciate you saying that because I will say that was that never used to be me. Like I I absolutely like backed away from conflict. It made me super uncomfortable, and it still does. But there's a certain point where I I have to set my foot down, and I'm like, I just there's absolutely no way that I'm allowing this to happen. And I, and that would, that took me a long time to get there. Cause I was not always like that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know welcome. if that meant as a compliment, but no, I'm like, thank no, you so it, much. hundred <laughs> percent meant that as a compliment, but here's the thing. And this is what I've always kind of leaned into. 
It's not being the bigger person. It's moving on in the, in a direction that is not negative. Mm-hmm. And that's what it really is. Because I find that when you, when you sit in the negative, you become part of that story. You become part of that narrative mm-hmm. where there's so many other things that you could be focusing your time, energy, and effort on. And yeah. I've always just been like, <clears throat> listen, if they want to live in a world where I'm there and where I'm the bad guy in their story and they want to share that story with other people, yeah. I'm going to be over here focused on other things. And I agree with you with that. Like, there's a part of like you have to say like sometimes you are the villain in people's story and like you just have to let it happen if i need to be the villain in your story to make yourself feel better or do whatever you need to do then i'll be that person because we're clearly not meant to be on the same path in each other's lives whatever that looks like but you sometimes are the villain in other people's stories yeah and that's there's got to be this fine balance and i've always just taken the far right or far left whatever whatever side you want to go towards. I've always taken that. I've just Mm -hmm. completely eliminated myself from the narrative altogether. And to your point, sometimes silence does indicate guilt Mm -hmm. and that's not true. Correct. And that's not true. So there is a part of me, I think that in 2024, I'm going to be like, "Mm, fuck that story. Mm. And where I'm like, I think I'm going to reel it in. And I think I'm just going to be like, peace and love. I'm going to do yoga. I did. I was like, I'm going to be more like Ryan. Okay. And so I'm going to bring the weapons of mass destruction. You know, we, it's, destroy it's all Superman. about balance. Yeah. You destroy know? Superman. I'm going to biohack and destroy <laughs> this year. Okay. <coughs> I came across this well, post. That was a cough. I came across this post. But do you want to do I love you and you're annoying? You want to just move on? Okay. No. I, you know what, Brittany? We just finished Christmas. We just finished New Year's. We have been through the ringers in terms of Riley's sick, Illness. you're sick, Coop's sick, I'm sick, been hospitalized twice in the last two weeks. I, I'm just so proud that we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just so proud of us. We made it through we're this. Uh, uh, were there things that annoyed me over the last two weeks? Yeah. Because we weren't at our best. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, and here they are. No, because we weren't at our best. Yes. But the fact that we are here today, we're laughing, we're joking, we're in good spirits. We're thinking about what we're going to do and do and accomplish in 2024. Like, I'm just really proud of us. You know what I'm going to put out there? No. I'm going to put it out there because I'm going to hold ourselves accountable. I, for a resolution, a goal for our podcast, I want to do a live show a live podcast, an event. Four years in the making. I know, but I've never verbally said this and I'm, and I'm holding ourselves accountable for 2024. We need to make it happen. I think it'd be super fun. It'll be like a social, like you, I've been to a couple and they're super fun. Yeah. And some, and some, uh, not, I, I hate the term meet and greet. Cause that sounds so. What's pretentious? the word? Pretentious. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. I don't want to greet them. Yeah. Meet and greet with Ryan and Brittany. That no, sounds no, so no. weird. But you know what I want to do? I want to hang out with the community a yeah, little this I, year. I agree. I agree. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. So I saw this post and I think we should discuss it. Okay. It is um couple therapists noticed seven patterns in couples who quote unquote made it. And I'm going to tell you what they are. And I almost sent this to you. And then I was like, no, save it for the pod. Um, and we do all of them. So I was like... <laughs> Also, we just celebrated 10 years and neither of us are itching. I mean, seven years. Neither of us are itching. Of the seven, years. seven year anniversary. Happy anniversary, Brittany. You know how many people forgot about our anniversary? Our, including, but <laughs> not limited to our parents. Yes. No, but you know what? Not uh, my parents. My parents called. You guys are, Both of them called. FaceTimed you us. You guys are such big. 
You guys are such. I'm big talking about your parents. Your parents specifically people. forgot about our anniversary, and we saw them on our anniversary. But we I went to their house. You guys are such <coughs> anniversary people. Like you make it a point to like call your parents on their anniversary. You're like, we'll be there for the anniversary. I'm like, for me, people's anniversary is for them. I don't need to call somebody and be like, happy anniversary. Like I just, I think that that's a personal thing. So I didn't actually care that my parents weren't like happy anniversary but you are like your family is so like you very, very much make it a big deal when it's your parents. i love we, that i love uh, that uh, my family but tries I don't to sell i don't need to celebrate their anniversary they my can. my family tries to celebrate everything yeah it's cute i like it okay yeah. but i want to go back to we're that. a celebratory family okay i love you dad okay so this is the first one okay the first one is Daddy. they had boundaries <laughs> with family would you like me to elaborate yeah yeah okay. so the couple puts their relationship first and had clear boundaries with family. They didn't vent to them about issues or make decisions based on what their families wanted. They did what was best for their partnership together. This is huge. And we've talked about this so many times. It's so easy to vent to your mom or your dad or your uncle, whoever you're like super close with in your family, because typically those people will take your side unequivocally. Like there will be so much loyalty there. It'll be like, well, yep, your partner did blah, blah, blah. And then what happens with that is that it builds up this like resentment of your partner and then they don't get closure, but you do. Maybe you and your partner had a fight, right? And then you're bitching to your mom about the fight and then you go back to your partner, you resolve it, but then your parent or your mom or whoever you were bitching to still sits in this like, what, like anger and they don't have that closure. And that happens over and over and over again. And then it compounds and it's not healthy. And they have a listening of your spouse that's right. not positive. No. And then you're like, you're wondering why your parents or whoever is like getting flustered or being like, why do you let him do this? Or why do you let her do like whatever it is? And then you're like, whoa, whoa, why, why are you so upset with them? And you defend them. But you were the one that created this cycle. It's so toxic. This is one of the easiest mistakes couples make is they go to their family members. Why their family members? Because it's the easiest people to go to. Mm -hmm. But you get in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And an echo chamber is when what you're saying is coming back to you. Back and there, it's not, it's what? Back to you, back to you, back to you. So you just did. That was good. Oh, that was good, Brittany. Yeah. Now I lost my train of thought. thought train of thought. thought, thought, train thought, of thought. thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's an echo chamber and that's not where you want to be. No, but it, but you do need to have someone that you can vent to. And so the, the venting session is very important that when you're going to vent, you're going to say, Hey, listen, I am venting. Mm -hmm. I am a, I'm in a happy relationship. My intention of this venting session is to not tell you how terrible my partner is, yeah. but to vent on what's going on. And I promise you that when I have done, when I'm done venting, I will take the actions necessary to fix this situation and I will come back to you and tell you what it is. But your parents are not the people to vent to your partner about. And no. I have, I have been committed and it's very difficult because I, I vent to my dad. My dad is my vented mm -hmm, person. Mm -hmm. And that's I, my mom. Yeah. My dad is who I go to to vent uh, on life in general. And I have made it, uh, I have made it a priority not to vent. Oh my, and I don't really vent about you to begin with to anybody except for Jake. Uh, he's, <laughs> Jake is my dad now. Hey, daddy. Hey, daddy. I just, I just, I don't, I don't vent about my partner in general. I try yeah. to work on my partnership with my partner. I try to work on yeah. my problems with you. But that's why it's good um, to have like a friend. Like when, if we're ever in a I know, fight, I need one. 
No, if we're ever in a fight, usually I, I turn to DK because DK knows you outside of, not outside of me, but is just as much a friend to you as she is to, oh, obviously not she's even more close. to me. But anyways, she knows you and DK would core. literally bring the shovel if you told her that you killed me. She would. But however, she, when, if I'm venting. Let's rip up this artificial grass. We're burying that fucker. That's if, what she'd say. If I'm venting, she will be like, totally like that sucks so much. And then she will always, and I mean always, she's like, you know, Ryan loves you or his intention wasn't like this. I get you're frustrated, but like, maybe you should do, like, she's very level headed with that. And that's why I go to her because yeah. it's not I appreciate a bashing that. Ryan situation because she knows how much you love me and how much I love you at the core of everything. So it's a safe space to vent. And I, I agree. You do need to be able to vent. Like, don't hold all of this in and just be like, everything's fine. But just make sure you have a person that you don't have to have that preliminary conversation with. Like, you shouldn't have to say, just so you know, I'm just venting. They're a good. Like, if you're having to have that conversation, it's probably not the right person. Yeah. And, but who definitely is not the right person to vent to when it comes to your partner is your sisters, your brothers, your your parents. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. They now, they love you unconditionally and they will fucking hate your partner <laughs> if you tell them what they do wrong. And here's the thing, guys, and this is what we need to always remember. When you are living with somebody, you get the whole spectrum. Mm -hmm. You get their good days. You get their bad days. You get their amazing moments. You get their terrible moments. Mm -hmm. It is a blessing to have a relationship with somebody. And it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. And if you're only sharing the negative things with people, they don't get the full spectrum of who that person is for you. Yeah. Okay. But life is tough. Mortgage payments, bill payments, food payments. Like life is tough right now. And the fact that you and your partner are trying to navigate a world that is completely upside down throw together, kids throw kids inside that. It's Shit tough, guys. It's tough. Okay. Another pattern. So seven patterns and couples who made it. So pattern number pattern, two. Pattern number two. They were friends. Which time do we have here? <laughs> They genuinely enjoyed spending time with each other. They were excited to come home and catch up after a long day. Friendship was the basis of their relationship, which I find is very much us. We like to have fun together. Yeah, I would like if sex was the basis of our relationship, but friendship is number two for me. That's not good. in here. So it's, that's not the couples who made it. We're having seven times of sex. You're telling me that num not one of the top seven is sex. Can we just get to it and then okay. we can figure it out? Okay. Friend. <laughs> Friends, I'm saying they were, they also were friends. Like the oh, basis of the relationship is friends. Being an asshole. This is what we do. This is, this is our shtick. You say something, I become an idiot. <laughs> okay. So this is the third pattern. They had been through really dark times. And I at first was like, mm, I don't know if that's true. But then I was like, mm, I was. COVID? No, they all, oh. they had all been through really difficult periods where they were at a crossroads and had even had second thoughts, but they chose to stay together and work through it. This establishes oh, trust. Definitely us. This establishes trust, and yeah. I was like, "That makes more sense." Once I like elaborated on it, I was like, "That's totally us." With with our whole like, "Oh, we're pregnant." <laughs> um, First six months of us living together was not good. <laughs> no, we almost ended it. Well, yeah, and and then we were like, "We are with child." I sat down in front of you and said, "I hate my life." Yeah, you did, and I was pregnant as fuck. That was probably the meanest thing you've ever said. It was the no, it was the realest thing I've ever said, and the meanest. Yeah, don't probably shouldn't both say that can, to your both pregnant can be girlfriend. True. I hate my life right now. Both can be true. Okay. Thank you for allowing me the space to say that. I didn't allow that. I know. <laughs> I wasn't allowed. You just said it. Okay. They let each other. Oh, what, what are we on? Four? Yeah. yeah. The fourth pattern. 
They let each other be themselves. There was a base level of respect and admiration for each other rather than a desire to change each other. This freedom brought out the best parts of each of them. You know what, Brittany? I will say one of the best things about you is that I get to be me around you. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I dated this girl one time and I remember she came over to my house. We had dinner with my oh, parents. Yeah. Oh yeah. And my parents, when she left, my parents were like, who were you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, my dad's like, that wasn't you. Mm. The whole time I was being a version of me that I thought she needed me to be as opposed to just being me. And but I do think, you think part of that is like, you were super young too. Like it was, I wasn't super young. Yeah, you were. How old were you? I was 25. Really? Yes. I thought we were together when, no, no, I was, no, we were I fornicating. Was, I was 25. Yeah. We were fornicating when I was, when we were, yeah. Anyways. Um, but no. Yeah. Oh, you trying to figure <laughs> out. Cross over. Yeah, I am. But I think going back to the, they were friends. They are friends. Yeah. Your, yours and my relationship foundationally speaking was based on a friendship. For sure. hundred percent. You came to me whenever things weren't working in your relationships. And we talked and we hung out. We went to movies together. We went to for dinner together. We weren't dating. You did. Yeah. 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 That's a great friendship. Um, But you're right. Yeah, we did hang out. But I never had to change who I was because we started, I think, because we started off as friends. Mm -hmm. But yeah, definitely let each other be themselves. I think that's a huge part. Like I never feel uncomfortable in my own skin whenever I'm with you. I feel like I am like applauded for it you know what like here's the best part there are some times when you'll do some something that's absolutely so stupid and i look at you and i'm like my god why do we do this like i'll look like remember we'll, we'll, I'll be I, I thought this was gonna be a compliment no it is a compliment it is a compliment i'm like what is this turning into but i'll look at you or you'll look at me after and i'm like why did i just do that mm. or why did you just do that and it's because we can. Mm. Mm. I see what you're saying. Like maybe like the intrusive thoughts took over and you just did something like super fucking weird. Yeah. Like when you'll be like out of nowhere and you're just like move your jaw and just like. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, like, why are you doing that? Because yeah, you can. Because yeah. This is a safe space. Okay. Pattern number five. They had difficult conversations. They communicated regularly and were open to each other's perspectives. They didn't cope by avoiding or denying. Emotional regulation was present, so conversations rarely became explosive explosions. And this is something that we've definitely had to work on. This like is the this, I love you and you're annoying. This hasn't come, like, this hasn't always been how we are. We've really had to work on that. And that comes through the check-ins and that comes through all of the um, emotional growth that we've done as a couple. But it's definitely, like, a core value in our relationship. We have the year-end um conversation coming up mm-hmm. we do have to yeah we're, we're gonna book that we were trying to book this year-end check-in like it's a big one but we were like we want to make it big we want to like rent a hotel room rent and one we want to rent a hotel room book what's the word <laughs> yeah book. Rent a hotel book. is it book a hotel yeah, yeah it is book. that does sound yeah. super weird yeah. i'm gonna rent a hotel <laughs> room no, but we do want to get a room and we want to be able to enjoy yourself because it's a really heavy conversation and it lasts a few hours, but then we want to be able to also like have time together. So I think it's a really good opportunity to do both. Yeah. For those of you who've been listening for the last four years, we do quarterly check-ins, but at the end of the, each year we do yearly check-ins, which we complete 2023 
and we create or co-create 2024. Mm -hmm. Historically, we've always done that at our kitchen table and it is what it is. But this year and moving forward, we saw this on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That couple does the same thing that we do, but it's it's structurally different. But they have like Um, a big whiteboard and they write. And I love that idea because I write everything out and I'm such a visual person that I would love to see like the year in like big bubble letters. But they make it a whole night. They go out for dinner. Yes. They 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 uh, rent an entire hotel room. <laughs> Fuck you. And uh, they make it an entire night. So we're going to be doing that uh, in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, we will then obviously not be sharing our year end, but we will do a, a year end recap. For those of you who don't know how that structure works, we will be providing that insight in the in the coming episode. Correct. Coming okay. episodes. Coming episodes. In an episode coming up. Sure. Okay. The sixth pattern. They fought. They got on each other's nerves. They fought and were frustrated with each other at times, but they knew how to navigate conflict, bounce back and move forward. This is something that we've also talked about because I remember you told me you you didn't really date this girl, but you went on a date with her and she was so passive in something as simple as like winning. I think you guys were playing cards. Yeah, Anyways, crazy but, eight countdown yeah, is what it was. But but we're not, you know, we are not the type of, and some people are okay with this. And this isn't saying that like our way is the right way. I could personally just never be with somebody who was agreeable to everything that I said. Like I want a little bit of a challenge. I think those challenges in the conversations provide further discussions. It lets you guys like get to know each other more and it challenges you. I just, I feel like I'm, and again, some people might want someone who's just like, gentle and passive that has never been me that's never been you and i think fighting in like fighting is the small it's not like they don't crazy fight all the time like i don't think that that's what this is saying i'm saying i think that it's just having a partner who has their own opinions that can challenge yours sometimes i think that's very healthy it's beyond healthy as far as i'm concerned couples who do not argue couples who do not fight couples who not do not get into arguments and disagreements I think they're setting themselves up for a compounded argument that they don't know how to recover from. Or they don't hang and, out with each other. And enough. I think uh, they're actually setting their children up as well. Yeah. Your children need to hear you guys disagree with certain things. But more importantly, they need to see how you navigate a disagreement and how you come to the other side of it. Our kids fight with each other all the time. Sometimes we intervene, but most times we let them figure it out. They need mm-hmm. to learn how to argue. Arguments are healthy because it does tell the, that other person that, hey, I'm confident enough to speak my opinion. I don't think this is right. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, this is the last one. They made light of each other's quirks. They appreciated and acknowledged the quirks in each other. Even if they were at times annoying, they made light of them and were never hypercritical, which I think goes back to the like allowing yourself to be t- like be you. with each other. Um, be, you be you, be. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. This also is from Lewis House. I don't know. Um, he's he's on Instagram. I just wanted to give a shout out because, oh, he's got 3.2 million followers. You don't know who he is? No, he has a podcast. I have no idea who he he's is. He's got one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Yeah, greatness. The school of greatness. Yeah, I, I've never heard of him. He he's sounds been, great. He's been running that podcast for over 10 years. He, he just got great. just got engaged. He sounds great and very He's smart. phenomenal. Um, anyways, these were, uh, these were accumulated from, um, couples. Like this was the, this wasn't his necessarily. I think this was like research that he's done. So I just wanted to. Well, Brittany, that was very valuable. Thanks. I'm so glad that I was prepared for this podcast. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that was very valuable. (laughs) 
Anyways, we got we we hope you guys start. I off. do think that number okay. eight should be sex. Okay. Like a couple who doesn't have sex, how is that a strong relationship? I think that relationship? this is more the couples who made it. I think this is more fun, like foundationally, what they found. I think sex is a whole other topic. You know, here's what I'm going to say about sex. Listen here, Lewis House. <laughs> I don't necessarily think um, that sex is because uh, you know people always say, well, what's the the healthy amount of of sex per week or per week or per month or or per year or whatever the case may be. You know what I think. And and I, I hope that someone leans into this a little bit. Maybe we will. Huh, who knows? You know what I think sex is? <laughs> I think sex needs to be uh, exploratory. Mm. And and I and I don't think it's necessarily the um, the quantity of sex that you have, but the willingness to experience and to be self-expressed in sex. Mm. So many couples have sex that is unfulfilling. I agree, and I think it kind of comes back to that saying about how um, to keep things exciting in your relationship, you have to make sure that you're creating new. And what I mean by this is like you experience things with your partner um, for the first time when you first get together and it's exciting and it's new, like your first date, your first vacation, your first whatever. You need to continue those firsts. So I think that this can be applied to sex as well. Like I knew you were going to fucking say anal. I'm not talking about anal. I'm talking just about experiencing new things sexually. And that might just be like, maybe you're going to put it as simple as doing it not in the bedroom or like experiencing new fantasies or whatever it is. You do have to continue to keep it new and fresh and not always, but be open to those. Otherwise, you're right. It becomes stagnant. It becomes comfortable in a place that's like not the good side of comfort. Yeah. And I I would say, um, and I'm going to speak not in in um what's what's the word i'm looking for not in absolutes i'm going to speak in like uh, normal uh, not normal just typical (laughs) typical what just speak yeah typical heterosexual relationships if you do the data you do the research you'll find that this is more often the case than not the case let's just put it that way okay i find that more often than not women are the ones that are unfulfilled in the bedroom because society has put them in a position that this is what sex is supposed to be. And this is how you're supposed to have it. This is how you're supposed to experience it. And anything outside of this box is considered taboo. Mm. And I believe there are a lot of women in this world that live just outside the box of this is what you're supposed to do just inside the box of what's considered taboo and they don't get to experience it. They don't get to uh, uh, to live it out. They don't feel comfortable talking about it. And here's the problem that I think happens more often than not. Ego gets in the way. And what women do is they try to shelter or protect their spouses, their, their male spouses, from having their egos bruised. Mm, yeah. Right? And so they withhold their needs, wants, desires. They withhold their full self-expression. And they withhold their their ability to discover just outside the box because they're afraid that if they say something to their partner, their partner's fragile egos will get shattered and they will make it about them not performing properly. Yeah, that's not those aren't those aren't true. You can have great sex with your partner and want to experience something slightly different than what you're currently doing. That doesn't mean the sex you're having with your partner is is wrong or not good. 
It just means it could be something slightly different. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say anything about your partner. It says more about the discovery of what it is that you're into or might potentially be into. And I think that more and more partners should be leaning into that conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think it should be number number eight. Lewis Howes, number eight. Number eight, sex. Sex. And the communication around sex. Perfect. All right. Happy 2024. Happy 2024. Go get him. Tiger. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I,